It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, here we go. I'm going to turn this around. See how this works out. Now, Mark, whenever, whenever you see uh, yourself on camera, uh, you wave at me, so I'll know that the camera is on you. Yeah. Hold on, just a second. Hold on, let me get this cord out of the way. All right, how's that? All right, go ahead. Chapter 7, John 7, 38-43. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. The Holy Ghost was not yet given, because the Jesus was not yet glorified. Many of the people, therefore, when they heard this saying, said, the truth, this is a prophet. Others said, this is the Christ. And some said, shall Christ come out of Galilee? After now the scripture says, the Christ cometh of the seed of David and out of the town of Bethlehem, where David was. So there was division among the people because of him. Okay. Now we're going to sing a couple hymns, and we're singing out of the old school hymnal. And the first one we're going to sing is entitled, Did You Think to Pray? Mark, you want to start that one? Yes. Ere you left your room this morning, did you think to pray in the name of Christ our Savior? Did you sue for love and favor? At the brilliant day, oh, how pray rest the weary. Prayer will change life today. So when life seems dark and dreary, don't forget to pray. When you met with great temptation, it's day to pray. By his dying love and merit, did you claim the Holy Spirit as your guide and say, when your heart was filled with anger, did you think to pray, did you plead for grace, my brother, that you might forgive another? Through the cross your way, when sore trials came upon you, did you think to pray, when your soul was bowed in sorrow, while Gilead did you borrow, at the gates of day, oh, now pray, rest the weary, Prayer will change the life today. 
dashing men in pieces small. Therefore, kings, be wise, dear, hearken judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with godly fear, mingle trembling with your mirth. Is the sun his wrath to turn, lest he perish in the way, for his anger soon will burn. Blessed are all that are his day. Okay, well, I appreciate all of the people that have joined us tonight on Facebook Live and TalkShoe. Got a good group that have, been, that have joined us, and we're glad to have you with us tonight. It's been a real blessing to be, have all of our guests join us and uh, see that we've had some more join us since... Um, we've got Ty Butler, we've got Richard Batoric. Hope I said that right, Richard. I still struggle with that. Richard Batoric, good friend of mine from California. Hopefully someday I'll get to meet Richard. Richard, we're having a fellowship here in April, and you're invited. By the way, anyone that wants to join us here for our April I think it's April the 20th of 2019. Uh, you're welcome to join us. That's Easter. That's the Easter Sunday holiday over holiday. We don't celebrate Ishtar, but we do celebrate the resurrection of Christ. Uh, Zerish, Nina Jamariano, uh, Zerish Gill, Sam Ross Davis, and I see my good brother Mark Kennedy. Mark, you know you're you're welcome uh, to join us in April. And I'm going to be sending out invitations. Tell you what, I'll try to get all of my friends on Facebook an invitation to join us at the Pineville Grace Fellowship, beautiful Boston Mountain area in Arkansas, Missouri, at the Ozarks. And you're welcome to join us for that time of fellowship. We would love to have you. Um, I'm going to see if we can get Brother Mark's mic unmuted so he he's not left out in the cold. Good evening, Brother Mark. How are you doing? Good, good. Cranking up the heater and on these chilly January nights. Yes, I can certainly relate to that, especially on the top of this mountain. That wind oh, yeah. gets a whip. That wind gets whipping through here, and I'll yep. tell you what, you, uh, you realize. How nice it is to have heat, you know. We we take yeah. a lot of things for, take a lot of things for granted. Uh, yeah. it's nice the blessings, all of the blessings that God has given us. Um, yes. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to give you a personal invite. You know, you're invited here on April the twentieth, uh, the night the night of the nineteenth and and the twentieth, which is on a Sunday. And I'm yep. going to be inviting Walt Stickle, and I'm going to. And Walt said he may try to make it. He's going to try to get his uh, his car up and running sufficiently so he can make the trip. And then also, uh, I'm going to send out an invite to. Uh, um, actually, it looks like it's the 21st, the 20th and the 21st of April, 2019. 
Um, also, I'm going to send out an invitation to uh, Brother Andrew Brown from Wichita, and also um, Brother Rick Batoric, and as well as uh, Brother Edward Henry. Um, I'm, I'm hoping he can join us, as well as never know, I might even get Michael Donahue up here from uh, from Portland area, Portland or Oregon area. So we'd have people from Portland and Oregon, and I'll invite Louise Dreves again. I don't know if she can make it from Minnesota. And Linda oh. Freeman knows Linda Freeman knows she's welcome from from Illinois. So we'll have you know we'll have a mega church here. <laughs> we might have. And have ten or eleven people here at this fellowship, not ten thousand now, ten or eleven. So, but anyway, yeah. uh, you know what? Where two or three are gathered, uh, God has His remnant. He's got them scattered all over the place. And yeah. good to see you. Good to see you with us tonight, Andrew. Um, and I know that Andrew. I know you could need a little. I know you could use a little fellowship and a little respite from uh, get away from Wichita, get away from Kansas for a little while, <laughs> okay? Yeah. Follow, follow the yellow brick road down to Pineville, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, well, tonight we are going to continue uh, in our studies of this book. Um, which I must say is not on the New York bestseller list. <laughs> okay, uh, it's not. It's, it's not one of those books that is appealing to the flesh. Yeah, I've had people say, "Well, why would anybody write a book saying God does not love everyone?" Well, the mm-hmm. reason that I reason that I wrote the book is because that's what the book says. Yes. Yeah. Yes, the book says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But it also says that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but hath everlasting life. Yep. So, chapter 20 in the book, and Brother yep. Mark very uh, a very good reader. And so I'm going to have him read uh, 159. This, this is a... Um, this chapter is a little bit longer than some, so I'm going to have mm-hmm. him read 159 through um, the bottom of 164. And okay. I, I guess the reason that I like um, this particular chapter is not mm-hmm. only because of the title, He Shall Save His People from Their Sins, but I like whenever we see Messianic prophecies uh, coming into fruition in the New Testament. So Mm -hmm. we're starting the New Testament now. We're starting to go through, um, we're starting actually in the the New Testament. We worked through the Old Testament. Now we're in the New Testament. So I'm going to turn it over to Brother Mark. And Mark, feel free to make any comments as you go along the way or after or in between or <laughs> whatever. Uh, page okay. 159, 164. Okay, very good. And I would say, first of all, welcome to all our saints listening in. God bless you. 
by his providence, we all made it into another year, and I wish you all new blessings from Jehovah for this coming year. I wish you all new blessings. Okay, chapter 20. He shall save his people from their sins. See, that's from Matthew chapter 1, the last half of the chapter. The New Testament validates the prophetic foretelling of Christ all the way through history. And then he goes into the scripture here. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. And from David until the carrying away into into Babylon are 14 generations. And from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations. Three, three groups of 14 generations. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. And that's from the first chapter of Matthew, verses 17 and 18, and verses 21 to 23. So from the outset in the New Testament, we see that the, that we see those that were in power hated Christ and wanted his demise. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, For thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, art not the least among the princes of Judah, For out of thee shall come a governor, meaning Christ, of course, that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men together, privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. Yeah, right. Herod wanted to kill him, as we well know. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. 
And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt. And be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Yep, it all happens according to prophecy. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth, and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coasts thereof, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy, the prophet, saying, In Ramah there was a voice heard, lamentation and weeping, and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted because they are not. And that is from the second chapter of Matthew, verses 1 to 18. And so moving right along, uh, Christ taught the same thing the prophet Isaiah taught when he said, Who hath believed our report and to who is the arm of the Lord revealed? At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father, save the Son and he to whom Soever the Son will reveal him. There's the necessity right there. You don't see the Father unless Christ reveals him to you. And that's in Matthew chapter 11, verse 25 to 27. If the revelation of the truth is revealed to his people, is this not the personification of truth and grace? Absolutely. And if it is not revealed to another group of people, this is another way of describing sinning vessels of wrath for destruction, is it not? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear and not understand. Well, thank you, Brother Mark. And uh, your comments were very, very succinct. Thank you. Um, I've, I've, often, I've often been, you know, quite amazed at how the messianic prophecies in the Old Testament have had such an impact upon my, uh, upon me and upon the faith that God has given me. Because whenever we read the messianic prophecies, 
that are foretold hundreds of years before they come to happen, and then right. we know that then we know the history that they have happened. That sort of validates the authority of God's word, doesn't it? I think it does. Yep. And so this is what we see, and that's kind of why I relayed this in this chapter. Mm-hmm. Now it's really it's really interesting to me because we know the story of the of uh, the virgin birth, and we know uh, that Jesus was born in Jerusalem. We know the story of the wise men, and so on. We know the story of Herod and how he uh, yes all upset, and he killed the firstborn of. And we know that that was a prophecy and everything. Um, yes. One of the interesting things about this is that that the underlying thing is that the purpose that is outlined for us as to why Christ was sent in the first place yes. was that he came he came to save. We we'll see, we see this in Matthew the first chapter. It says. And he shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. And then it explains the reason why he was born into this world. For yes. he shall shall save his people from their sins. It doesn't say he will offer them salvation. He doesn't say he will make it possible for their salvation. It says that he shall save his people from their sins. That's a great comfort to me to yes, know that God God has done all of the work and we don't have any hand in it, as Brother Chris Durderin says. We don't have any hand in our salvation. By the right. way, I have I had I just want everyone to know I was blessed this week to get a really uh a nice email from Brother Chris. Excellent. And I was glad I was glad to get that and I Look forward to our continued fellowship, Brother Chris Derner. Wow. Well, anyway, we we see that this is really the uh, Herod the king. He was very upset because the reason he was so upset is because he was threatened, wasn't he? He didn't yes. want any. He thought this was going to be an earthly kingdom, and right. you know the Jews, the Pharisees, the scribes. Everyone, everyone knew that there was prophetic, messianic prophecies of a coming king, but they were mm-hmm. looking for an earth. They were looking for an earthly king. But Jesus said later on, as he came into his ministry, "My kingdom is not of this world." He said. Yep. He said, "If my kingdom was was of this world, I would command that my subjects fight." Well, we know that he did not command that his subjects fight because whenever they came to take him and crucify him, we know that Peter <laughs> took out a sword and, sl- and, and chopped off the, the ear of the servant of the high priest ear, and Jesus said to Peter, put up thy sword. <laughs> he said, if you if you live by the sword, you'll die by the sword. There you go, yep. He did not command a military order for the Christian church, like the Roman Catholic Church has a military order. You know what the 
Roman Catholic's military order is, their military order is the Jesuits. Okay? Mm, yes. Which was started by uh, Ignatius Loyola. Yes. And a lot, of, a lot of people don't realize that the military order of the Roman Catholic Church, uh, Ignatius Loyola, was a Luciferian Jew. That's what he was. Yep. A lot of people don't hear of that. Anyway, so we see that this messianic prophecy comes into fruition, and Herod's upset because he's afraid his kingdom is in jeopardy, and so he slays all of these people. And, and so therefore, God warned Joseph in a dream, and so he took flight, and he stayed out of uh, uh, that country until Herod was dead. And we find that uh, we're, as we continue on through the book of Matthew, that Christ's teachings are right in sync with the uh, with the prophet Isaiah. I mean, yeah. right down the line. Mean, in fact, many times if you do a study through the Gospels, you'll find that Christ himself will quote Isaiah the prophet. And he says that Isaiah says, um, who hath believed our report and who is the arm of the Lord revealed? Okay, that's Isaiah. What's Jesus say? Jesus says, I thank thee, O Lord of Father, Lord of heaven, because thou hast hid these things from the the same, same teaching here. What is that showing? It's showing that, like Brother Mark said, that unless God reveals himself to his people, and by the way, he always will reveal himself only to his people in, only to in his. the way of yeah, in the way of redemption, he will he may he will show others his Godhead through his creation, but as far mm-hmm. as a revelation and the regeneration and quickening of the Holy Spirit is only for those for whom he died for, those for whom Christ gave him, all that yeah. the Father hath given will come to him. I remember the first time, Brother Mark, I read that scripture, all that the Father hath given him will come to him. That had a yeah. major impact on me. I remember yeah. reading through, because I was raised that it was all based upon your free will and your choice yeah. and your decision. And I read that all that the Father hath given him will come to him. That blew me away. I mean, it was like, what did that say? And then when I, I got imagine. to the se- yeah, when I got to the seventeenth chapter of John, and it says that that He has given Him power over all flesh, I thought, wow, you know, this has nothing to do with man's will. This has to do with God's will. Okay. Yeah. And so He goes on and He says, "It is given unto you know know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven." Speaking of his people, but to them, meaning those who are not given the revelation, it is not given. And, you know, I've often heard uh, Arminian preachers say, well, the reason he taught in parables was to make it more clear. (laughs) That's just the opposite of what it says here. It says, he says, why did he teach in parables? He says, I speak to them in parables because they seeing, see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. 
Right. Okay? And he says, back to Isaiah again, by hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see. And then he says, for this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. So there was a blessing in the parables for God's elect and a cursing for his uh, those who were not his elect. Okay? Yep. And so we're going to go on into 165 now, and I'm going to read through uh, through that. Again, at the top of 165. But before I do that, I want to make sure that I open the uh, mic up here. Yeah, Mark, uh, any other uh, comments on this uh, page 159 through 164? Okay. This uh, Matthew chapter 1 is a very important chapter. It, show, it shows how God started with the first group of 14 generations that started with Abraham and carried it through the 400 years between the Testaments into the New Testament. And so it's wonderful. The first, the first part of the bridge is from Abraham to David, and then the second part of the bridge is from David to the Babylonian captivity, and the last installment of the bridge is from the Babylonian captivity to Christ. I love it. And so, and then I love how you pick up in verse 17, right before the, uh, right after the last of the last group of 14 generations, which ends with Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Christ, who is, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. I love it. So, so this Matthew a lot of Christians, I think, a lot of Christians gloss over Matthew chapter 1 because of the boring genealogy, you know, so-and-so begat so-and-so who begat so-and-so in the first third of the chapter. But it's really a very important chapter because it shows how God kept that silver thread of providence going in the human connection that took it from Abraham through the 400 years between the two testaments and firmly into the New Testament, consummating the lineage in Christ, from David Amen. to Christ, last third group, the last group of the, the last of three groups of the 14 generations. I love it. So it's a really important chapter and sad to say most Christians cross over it. Yes, they do. That's a good point. It's a really good point. By the way, I want to give a personal shout-out to Penny Beloit, who's just joined us recently. Penny, it's good to have you with us this evening, uh, as well as all of the other guests that have joined us. Um, well, we're going to pick up there where uh, Brother Mark uh, left off. We're going to go now to the top of page 165 of this book. Yes. For this people heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you, that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see, 
and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear, and have not heard them. Matthew 13, 11, and 13, 13 through 17. God's wrath is demonstrated clearly to the wicked, revealed in Matthew 13, of verses 49 through 50. So shall it be at the end of the world, the angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just, and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Ye serpents, ye generation of vipers, how can ye escape the damnation of hell? Matthew 23:33. Christ paints a clear picture of the sheep and the goats throughout the Gospels, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall he be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And these shall go away. Uh, in everlasting punishment, but the righteous in the life everlasting. So it shows here the separation between the sheep and the goats, the goats on the left and the sheep on the right. God loves some with an everlasting love, and others are cast into hell. Notice also that it says that the blessed are the ones that are going to inherit the kingdom prepared for them from the foundation of the world. Isn't that amazing? So in other words, all of God's sheep, the preparation for them was before they were even born, even before the world was created. Okay. So that's taken from Matthew 25, 31 through uh, 35, and Matthew 25, uh, verses 46. Later, Christ said that everything was accomplished according to Scripture, including his being betrayed by Judas. Mm -hmm. All this was done that the Scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. You see this prophecy confirmed in the next chapter. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying, and they took the 30 pieces of silver, the price of him that was valued, whom they of the children of Israel did value, Matthew 26, 56, and Matthew 27, 9. So what mm-hmm. we see here is another confirmation of um, Old Testament prophecies coming into fulfillment. Even the betrayal of Judas and the 30 pieces of silver and you know, it, it just, um, it, you know, it, it kind of causes us in awe to see how God works in mysterious ways his wonders to perform. Now, in the book Amen. of Mark, we have the account of Christ casting out the devils of a man and the conversation he had with that same man later. He says to him, go home to thy friend and tell them how great things the Lord has done for thee and have compassion on thee. Matthew 5:19. If God does mm-hmm. not have compassion on us, we could never be free from the power of sin and death. Mm. And he departed, began to publish 
Indy capitalists how great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did marvel, Mark 5.21. Now, the reason that I pulled that portion out there of the deliverance of the man from the devils is to show to show the, the reality of the fact that this man had been plagued by these devils for some time, and he could not deliver himself from the power of Satan. And it took a sovereign act of God and his son Jesus Christ to deliver him from these devils, okay? And notice what Christ's command was to this man after he was delivered. He told him, go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord had done for thee. Mm -hmm. And notice the result of that testimony from this man uh, it says he. It, it says that all men did marvel. This man must have been pretty well known in those parts for his uh, possession of devils. And so what that tells me is it tells me that sometimes God uses um, a the most unlikely candidates for his salvation. Okay, in other words. He doesn't look down through time, through the portals of time, and says, oh, that, that guy looks like a pretty good guy. I think I'll mm -hmm. show him mercy. No, that, that's not what right. he does. In fact, yeah. it says that he, he came to call the sinners to repentance, not the righteous to repentance. Amen. And so he takes the lowest of the low. Uh, we have examples of that, not only throughout the Bible, but also in, in our contemporary time frames. I mean, let's just look, you know, he took Mary Magdalene. He took, um, the, he used the Rahab the harlot. He used mm -hmm. a tax collector, Zacchaeus. Uh, and he told Zacchaeus, this day I must come to thy house, abide with my house. And in contemporary times, he took someone like uh, the slave owner, that wrote all of these great songs. What was his name? Um, um, I think he's the one that wrote uh, Amazing Grace. Mm -hmm. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. He took other people that... Uh, he took this old Senator Larry Phillips, who was uh, involved in the New Age movement and all kind of... Uh, humanistic uh, garbage and he revealed himself unto me and I'm so thankful that he took me like a brand from the fire and I'm sure Mark has his testimony as well okay yeah. all, have... all go ahead brother Mark oh no I was just saying yes I do too <laughs> <laughs> All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone yes. away. But the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. What was the guy's name that wrote Amazing Grace? Uh, oh. Uh, it was uh, John Newton. John Newton. Newton. Yes. Yeah. John Newton. I was thinking of that. He had a pretty detestable 
uh, life as, a, as owning all these slaves, a gout, and he was just, he treated them terrible and so on, but yet God still showed him mercy. Yeah. Well, Brother I mean, Mark, I'm going to let you make any final comments about uh, this chapter before we move on. I think we can go ahead. I think we've got time uh, sure. to cover the next chapter. Let's see. Let me just look here. Yeah, we've got, we've got time yeah, to we cover chapter. I think we can do it. But yes, you're right. God doesn't look down the corridors of time because the election is not based on foreseen faith. He doesn't look down the corridors of time. Oh, that Larry over there in Pineville, he looks all right. Maybe I'll choose him. Uh, no, okay. it doesn't work that way. And so when you were saying how God ordained all of these elements in the in the chain of events that led to Christ, and that includes, I was looking at here about how it talks about how Judas, he was yes. betrayed Judas on page 167. And even that, I am reminded what Jesus said to him, whatsoever that I doest, do quickly, he said to Judas. And right. so... I'm I'm reminded of that scripture which says that it was the determinate will of the Father to to put Christ through yes. what he did, you know, to to put him on that cross was the determinate will of the Father. And and it just goes to show you what looks like disaster to the natural eye is victory to the spiritual eye. Very good points. You know, yeah, by the determinate counsel, you by wicked hands have taken and slain. Yeah. That's exactly. Yeah. Well, we're going to move on to Chapter 21, and I'm going to go ahead. This is actually uh, a relatively short chapter. Um, it's 169 through, what is it, uh, 100. I just see one seven one eighty. Is that right, or am I missing? That? No, one seventy four. So it's only about five pages. So uh, I'll tell you what I'll do. I will read uh, one sixty nine through uh, one seventy one, and then I'll have Brother Mark finish it out. How's that? So very, very good. Entitled "The Lord's Doing is Marvelous in Our Eyes." Now, I must say that it's not marvelous in everyone's eyes. Okay? Right. The reason that it's marvelous in our eyes is because, again, like Brother Mark said, we've been given the revelation to see the goodness yes. of God, his mercy, and his grace. We relate earlier in this book from the Old Testament how it was foretold that Christ would ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. Christ further reveals his absolute omnipotence when he reveals to the disciples where to obtain the donkey and what to say to the owner of the donkey to obtain it for his use. And saith unto them, Go your way into the village over against you, and as soon as you be end into, you shall find a colt tied, whereupon never man sat. Loose him and bring him. And if any man say unto you, Why do ye this? Say ye that the Lord hath need of him. And straightway he will send him hither. And they went their way and found the colt tied by the door without in a place where two ways met, and they loosed him. And certain of them that stood there said unto them, What do you do loosing the colt? And they said unto them, Even as Jesus had commanded, and they let them go. Mark 11, 2 through 6. Mm -hmm. We will find 
chapter in the book of Acts that it was the determinate counsel of God that brought about the death of Christ. Here's the passage with the same meaning in Mark. Have you not read this scripture, the stone which the builders rejected has become the head of the corner? This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Mark 12, 10 through 11. Mm-hmm. We can show omnipotent power and knowledge of Christ to foretell events to his disciples, even down to the most minutest detail regarding how they were to obtain a room for the Passover. Mm-hmm. And he sent two of his disciples and said, Then go ye into the city, and there shall meet, you shall meet you a man bearing a pitcher of water. <laughs> okay. Talk about yeah. talk about even I mean that even gets down to the time elements, okay? Bearing a pitcher of water, follow him, and wheresoever he shall go, and say ye to the goodman of the house, the master saith, Where is the guest chamber where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples? And mm. he will show you a large upper room, furnished and prepared. There make ready for us. And his disciples went forth and came into the city and found as he had said unto them, and they made ready the Passover, Mark 14, 13 through 16. What does this show us? It shows us that God is the predeterminer of all events. Even when, yeah. a, man bears, even when a man bears a pitcher of water, <laughs> don't you think that God is not also the predestinator of all souls? We yeah. see many scriptures. You see many scriptures in the New Testament confirmed in the Old Testament and vice versa. This one can be found in the last verse of the 53rd chapter of Isaiah. And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, and he was numbered with the transgressors, Mark 15, 28. Many do not believe the account of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. I'm going to stop there. Um, Now, I'm just going to make a few comments and then have Brother Mark make any comments before he reads the final uh, half of chapter 21. (laughs) You know, I guess the reason I wanted to point these things out is the absolute um, incremental, the most incremental things Christ foretells. Yes. I mean, even the fact that this, I mean, have you ever seen this? Uh, the the fact that the the colt the donkey was had never no man had ever ridden this donkey. Yeah. No man no man had ever sat on him. You know. It, it, you say, well, why why is that important? To me, it's really important. It's relevant. Yeah. And he also says that they, you know, it, it, it's so matter of factly in scripture says they went their way and found the colt tied by the door. Yeah. And he. He even warned them in advance that if anybody questioned them, what to say. And by, and by yep. the way, there are those that question them. What are you doing? Why are you loosing this colt? Okay? Yeah. And we see the same thing with this Passover situation. I yep. mean, can you, imagine going, can you imagine Christ telling someone that when they go into the city, they're going to see a man bearing a pitcher of water? I mean... You know, I mean, if you were an odds maker, what are the odds of that, okay? That's right. There are no odds with the sovereign God. He is behind all things. He not only knew that this man was bearing a pitcher of water, 
But guess what? He said that there was going to be a room that was was going to be furnished and prepared, already prepared. And guess what? When they went into the city, he says, I will show you a large room furnished and prepared. There make ready for use. And it says when they came in the city and found as he said unto him. Okay? That to me is a remarkable, a very remarkable thing. Uh, and it kind of reminds me of all the other things that come to my mind. Remember what happened with Nathaniel when he said he he saw him under the tree. And Nathaniel was like taken back. You know? Mm-hmm. God could actually, Christ, this man, could see him in advance before he even saw him. And Christ said, basically, I'm using Larry's translation. Christ said, this is nothing. You haven't seen anything yet. Okay, just wait. Just wait. Well, the fact is that all of Scripture is fulfilled. Yes. All of Scripture is fulfilled. And so... I'm going to turn this over to uh, Brother Mark now, and I'm going to have him finish up uh, this chapter 172 through the bottom bottom of 174. But feel free to make any comments on the first part of the chapter as well, brother. Okay. Yes. When when Jesus when Jesus sent them to get the to get the animal, he told them exactly what to say, and to have the desired effect on the listener, on the heart of the listener. And so when they told when they told them exactly as Jesus told them to say, it had the desired effect on the heart of the listener, and then they let them take the animal. And yes, it is a significant detail that the animal was a virgin animal, had never been ridden by a human. So that that's a very important detail, yes. Yeah. By the way, I'm going to interrupt you briefly here. We just had uh, another guest join us, uh, Sonny Babu. Welcome aboard. And Richard, uh, I like all of your comments, brother. And we can see those comments. And John 17, 12, uh, Richard brings forth. And Mm -hmm. I'm always thankful for Richard's comments on here. He says, it's just a cup of water I place within your hand, and just a cup of water is all that I demand. I remember that song. And <laughs> Richard says, no blab it and grab it spoken here. Okay? <laughs> okay. In other words, uh, yeah, that's good, Richard. You know, I think that a lot of times we are brought up with presuppositions that we're taught, and mm-hmm. then when we get when we get into the Bible, we find out that those things that we've been taught are not true, and so yes. we we have to be we have to be uh, brought to a point where where God causes us to embrace all of His Word. Okay, all of His Word. Okay, I'm going to turn it back over to Mark. Go ahead, Mark. Okay. Yes, that's right. The- we we rely on what God has uh, provided for us, and anything else is presumption. Yes. All right. So now we're picking up at 172 top, right? Right. Okay. So 
Uh, let's see. And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, and he was numbered with the transgressors. Mark 15, 28. Okay, so many do not believe in the account of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, but Mark tells us where Christ is residing this very day. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. Mark chapter 16, verse 19. Christ came down hard on the Jewish rulers of his day, i.e. the scribes, the Pharisees, and the Sadducees. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth when ye shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves thrust out. And that's in Luke chapter 13, verse 28. So Christ set forth clearly that one is either the child of God or the child of Satan. No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. And the Pharisees also, who were covetous, heard all these things, and they derided him. And he said unto them, Ye are they which justify yourselves before men. But God knoweth your hearts, for that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. The law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached, and every man presseth into it. And you can find that in Luke chapter 16, verse 13 to 16. One of the marks of a Christian, one who is born again by the Spirit of God, is that they will not take credit or ascribe any merit to themselves, but give all glory to Jesus Christ. That's right. Exactly right. Two men went up into the temple to pray. The one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Yes, that's right. We came into this world with nothing, and we're going to go out with nothing. And so pride to any issue of life is an altogether inappropriate response because we came in with nothing and we're leaving with nothing. Amen. Amen, brother. That's very, very well stated. And you know, the fact is that this public, this uh, Pharisee had the idea that he was closer to God than the publican. He yes, had the idea, yes. the idea. He was into work salvation. He was a religionist. Uh, you know, yes. and he, he had what I call a self-exaltation of the creature syndrome. Uh-huh. I thank thee not as other men. Okay. Yes. 
true Christians will say, I have no merit in myself. True Christians will say, I am not worthy of the grace that God has shown me. I'm unworthy of his grace and mercy. But yet this man exalts himself and says, starts broadcasting to himself all the good things that he's done in his life. How he, yes. how he fasts, how he gives tithes, and so on and so forth. And in yep. contradistinction, you see the publican just does the opposite. He realizes that he's unworthy to be called God's son. He's unworthy of anything that God has given him, but God has been gracious to show him mercy. In fact, he cries out for mercy, and he describes himself as being a sinner. And we say we see here who Jesus Christ accepts and who he rejects. He accepts yes. the one who recognizes his own sinnership. There's a great lesson for us. Nebuchadnezzar said, I have done all these things. I've done I've made this kingdom. I've done all these things. And he was humbled. And he crawled around on his face like a beast and his nails grew out like like an animal. And at the yes. end of seven years at the end of seven years God revealed himself to Nebuchadnezzar. And I believe Nebuchadnezzar, I have no proof, I just this is my opinion. I believe Nebuchadnezzar became born again by the Spirit of God because I believe that God revealed himself to Nebuchadnezzar because of Nebuchadnezzar's testimony. He no longer yeah. was taking credit for anything. He no longer, Now he was giving God, the God of glory, credit for everything and exalting him above all things. Amen. And that's the, that's the response to the Christian. Well, I've enjoyed this a lot tonight talking about these scriptures you know we never get tired of reading the bible and reading scriptures Amen. and i hope it's a blessing a blessing to everyone that's been with us tonight and i really appreciate mark's uh, uh his comments and his helping out in the study it's been a real blessing to have him going through this with me and uh we look forward to continuing this next week. Next Wednesday night, we'll, we'll be starting in Chapter 22, and that's entitled, yes. I Must Abide at Thy House. It starts with the account of Zacchaeus again. So we'll be, oh, yeah. God, God being in the matter, we'll try to be working through Chapters 22 and 23 next week. So we hope that you can join us. But um, I will say this, um, I hope, like Brother Mark, said that you all have a a wonderfully blessed new year and God is revealing himself to you in a real way through his word and through the Holy Spirit and we should be crying out daily for his mercy and grace and we know that if we are his people we will do that that's a natural response to our being adopted into his family so on so anyway um, just a couple announcements uh, for everyone I've been having some um, correspondence with brother Edward Henry and just as a quick note Edward Henry has authored a number of books he's authored a book called the anti-gospel 
mm-hmm. uh, the greatest the greatest lie on earth, uh, Mystery Babylon, mm-hmm. uh, and a number of other books. Uh, I think of all of his books, one of my favorite is the anti-gospel. But um, he right. also did, yeah, he also did a book called Bloody Zion. But he is going to be with us on the seventh of May, uh, this next Monday evening at six o'clock. Instead of the seventh of, I'm already into May, the seventh of January. Wow, I'm really jumping ahead. All right, I want to get 2019 over with. <laughs> You'll be on. He'll be with us the 7th of January, Monday night, 6 o'clock. And the title is going to be, Why Do People uh, Have So Much Cognitive Dissonance Over Biblical Cosmology? Another way of saying that is, why do people not want to deal with what the Bible says about God's creation? Why do they just want to... And there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of reasons, you know. First of all, this 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 huge lie, this worldwide lie that has been propagated that um, we're shooting through space at 66,000 miles an hour and a thousand miles at the equator, and that the universe is ever expanding, and that the sun is. we're revolving around the sun, and uh, rather than the uh, uh, sun revolving around the earth, Joshua talks about the sun standing still, so the sun must have been moving, okay? I saw something that really cracked me up the other day, and I'll share this before we end. Uh, a guy was on Facebook, and he had a <laughs> he had he had a globe, you know, the kind that that's you see in the classroom that spins and he was yes. spinning that really fast and while he was spinning it he was he was going around the room too holding the globe spinning the globe going around the room and he got really dizzy okay <laughs> and i thought he was going to fall over while he was trying to spin that globe and going around the room and i just thought you know what that's a pretty good example of what people are propagating about cosmology Bible says that the earth is fixed. You know, it's fixed. It doesn't move. That's what the Bible says. Well, anyway, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can do this Monday night, and you guys can come on board and watch this. I told Rosette I was gonna do this today. I think this I think this will be a good example. Okay, I'm gonna get a balloon. Okay, and I'm gonna fill that balloon about up to a third full of water, okay? And I'm going to show it on on Facebook, that balloon, a third full of water. And I guarantee you that water is not going to be all around inside that balloon. It's going to be flat laying in the in the balloon, okay? <laughs> okay. Now, what's the example of that? Well, they say that yeah. we're a globe, and they say that gravity is what causes the water to suck into the earth. Yeah. Well, you have to understand one thing about this old boy that's talking to you. My dad was a plumber, <laughs> okay? And my dad used to tell me, he goes, Larry, there, you only have to know two things to be a plumber, okay? One, water runs downhill. It seeks its own level, okay? And yeah. number two, 
Number two, paydays on Friday. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. And so, you know, I remember my dad telling a guy one time, guy asked my dad, he says, how much fall do you have to have? How much fall do you have to have per square inch uh, for for a waistline to properly drain? And my dad looks at him and he says, let me tell you something. The only thing I can tell you is you have to have fall. You know, you can have a 16-inch per foot fall. You can have a quarter-inch per foot fall. You can have an eighth-inch per foot fall. But let me tell you something. Water will not run uphill. <laughs> right? Anyway, well, that's the, that's the lesson that we have to learn. Yeah. Water seeks own level why do we call it why do we call it you know the uh, carpenters will tell you they'll take a level how do they determine what is level they take a level that has liquid in it and it shows you when it is flat and when it's not flat anyway I can get started on that well listen we've really enjoyed having you tonight and we're going to bring this uh, to a close. But if you can join us Monday night, I think you'll find it to be a very interesting conversation. Uh, Brother Martin, do you have any further thing, anything further to add tonight? I just want to say, may Jehovah send new blessings to all of his saints in this new year. Amen. Well, God bless you all. And with that, I'm going to stop the recording. And Brother Mark, I'll plan on seeing you Sunday morning. Yes. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.